Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those rad all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello there and welcome to Think the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. Hey, I'm Nick Gunbarry, and what's up, Adam? Hello. Hey, everyone. It's Mike Forrester, and I'm back, and it feels so good when all your friends are rock stars and they're busy doing rock star mm-hmm. stuff. It's so nice to know that you have a friend who just has a normal old day job. Hi, Mike. Hey. What's up? Hi, guys. But amidst the tasks in your normal day job, you're making a Story of the Year poster. You made a Story of the Year single cover the other day. You're making Mosh Eisley stuff. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for reminding me. It never ends. I totally had forgot that I was doing all that stuff. But I have a very timely placed lunch break right now, and I cannot wait to talk about this episode of The Bad Batch. Mike's fully dressed for the occasion. He's got his best sweater and collared (laughs) shirt on. He's drinking a sparkling water. I have all my tour laundry going, so I'm wearing like a dirty shirt from two weeks ago. And no underwear, no pants. This is why you guys (laughs) sign up for Patreon. Nick is, he is very grizzly and very sexy. (laughs) This was like the shirt that I wore as I was getting ready for tour. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I don't need to bring this one on tour, so I'll just wear this. So I just pulled it out of the hamper. Because everything else is getting clean because I'm home for the day. And you've worn it every day on tour. I feel like you should just get one <laughs> suit of armor and just wear that every day and problem solved. Yeah. You know? Don't think that uh, I don't constantly comprehend like how smelly everyone in Star Wars must be. I'm yeah. always thinking about that. <laughs> what about that pair of like Lululemon pants that uh, Tech was wearing? <laughs> Have you noticed the texture? There was like a close up on it this week. And it's got that like um, almost like athletic weave kind of texture, but it it doesn't look <laughs> great. Smooth. It looks like polyester or some crap. A little spandexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's real nice. Nice legs on Tech. Real nice. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, fit. He's he is. Yeah. They call him Tick with the nice legs. All right. <laughs> Time is limited today. Schedules are tight. I'm stressed out as hell this morning because I was trying to buy Tina Fey and Amy Poehler tickets on Ticketmaster's absolute dog shit website. Mm. And I failed. Sounds familiar. Um, And Mike has to go back to work, so let's do this thing. What have you done with those plans? 
The Bad Batch, Season 2, Episode 9, The Crossing. I don't totally know if I know what that title means yet. Debuted today, February 15th, 2023 on Disney+. Plus. Disney Plus describes it as the team tackles a risky mission on a hostile world. Accurate as usual. Written by Brooke Roberts. This is the first Star Wars anything for Brooke Roberts, as far as I can tell. She worked on The Flash and NCIS. Quite a bit. There's that NCIS connection again. Directed by Nathaniel Villanueva returning. Who knows how many episodes at this point. Runtime of 29 minutes. And guest starring no one. All D. Bradley Baker and Michelle Ang. That's unreal. Has that happened yet? In one little moment of Rhea Perlman. Oh, Sid was in there for a sec. Mm. Right? Yep. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Still three people. <laughs> Pretty dope. First impressions. Nick, what do you think? What do you love about this episode? I mean, the tone was amazing. I thought it was really well written. Yeah. I would consider this one of those side quest adventure of the week episodes, but this one was just way more riveting and showed character development. And this this is proof that it doesn't need to be like Jedi's and like connected to the Skywalker saga or the Clone Wars in any way where this was just a good episode that showed growth amongst the characters like Tech and Omega are going through it in this episode. And man... It was it was it was riveting and emotional. Mike, what do you think? I mean, I echo that. See what I did there? Well played. <sighs> yeah, well done, yeah, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I completely agree. I think as we're looking at the Bad Batch, no, now, no, you echo that. Echo that. Echo. I think as we're seeing the Bad Batch now, of course, season two, there's so much that goes on to establish who they are in season one, and we're I think we're starting to get a lot of those deeper dives into what makes all of them individualistic. We've had a couple episodes where we've had more character focused on certain members of the Bad Batch and with Omega kind of being the, you know, the the glue between all of them. And I think there is, of course, a lot of requests by the internet. Very friendly, of course, <laughs> always. Very respectful, uh, yeah. Yeah, very respectful. They were being very courteous of Star Wars Twitter. Uh, but when it was announced, there were a lot of people saying like, you know, are we going to get texts? Deeks, part of his story. And I was really excited for that because I think we got that, you know, the the race episode. And that was really fun to kind of see him get like his own individual victory because we can see that he has his calculative brain is always wanting to basically rate his own performance, right? We saw that last week mm-hmm. of the whole like, eh, not my best work. And so to see him get the win in the in the race episode by his calculations and then this one to more kind of dive into how he handles emotion and how he handles friendship and understanding that there is more to them, as Omega points out, um, there is more to them than just being a bunch of players together working on a team that, you know, she views them as a family. And so to see him react to that was uh, – I kind of got emotional about it. Yeah. Seven thirty in the morning. Why yeah, not? Tech, tech brought that 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 vibe. This whole tour. I mean, I would, sorry. tech brought that whole. <laughs> whoops. Uh, tech brought that whole vibe. The entire show. It's just really. He's almost like droid like when you think about it. Like he has no yeah, emotions. Yeah. He's so analytical. So you see him by the end of the episode taking a step to be like, okay, hold on a minute. Because I think a, a big part too was when. Omega was fighting basically to go find the ship and tech was just like, it's just a ship, whatever. And she's like, no, it's our home. Yeah. Yeah, Which was, that that was a big moment. Yeah. That moment, we'll talk about that in depth later. And there really were some things in tech's explanation of how he processes things. And he says straight up, I process things this way. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean this, it means this. Yep. 
That was huge. We'll get into that. I really, yeah, it's big. Really connected with that. Same. There are some things like you guys know, I'm a crier. I get really emotional about nostalgic stuff. I get wrapped up emotionally in stories. But when it comes to, I don't want to spoil this discussion later, but when it comes to dealing with big life-changing events, whether it's loss or, you know, moving or relationship ending, a new one starting, stuff like that, I tend to be much more focused and not not as um, emotionally expressive in that way. I get kind of in this pragmatic mode. Sure. And I've had those exact conversations. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting. We'll talk about it more later. But it reminds me of something else. And I'm going to leave that as a cliffhanger. It reminds me of another well known film character. Mm. Oh, geez. You know what? You know what? Really? Like, Mm -hmm. we're moving on to the synopsis at this point. But, like, mind you, this is Dave Filoni's project. And every time we start to really fall in love with a certain character, it makes me nervous as hell. So I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. go ahead and say that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like text moment. And then I'm like thinking that how many episodes there are left mm-hmm. and that this season will eventually end. And I'm going, Filoni, you better <laughs> not. <sighs> well, like we keep saying, this is a big character development episode, but it's couched in, it's it's in the context of a straight up kind of like Western story again, bringing back that, that theme that goes back to the very beginning of Star Wars. And the most prominent thing in th- that set that vibe off the top was the music for me. And the, the way they used the, the traditional guitars, the kind of like finger-picked. Yeah, that was wild. Nylon string. Kind of Southwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, kind of thing. that No dialogue over that for two minutes at least. Yeah. Crazy. And the, just the landscape too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the first time we've heard guitars that's straight up, like, no question, that's a guitar. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a bunch of distortion and effects on it buried in there like yeah. Ludwig does. Mm-hmm. It was straight up Desperado style, mm-hmm. you know, but, but still mixed with some other el- elements that made it feel more futuristic, almost like Westworld kind of mix of traditional and, and modern. So I love that. And that, that was just like mm-hmm. hooked me right away. And then we get later, we'll get into the synopsis. There's a stampede. You know, there's a, a dust storm, like all the stuff that's so Western, but none of it, none of it felt like kitschy in the moment. It was all very tasteful and I loved it. Were you nervous there was going to be like wind chimes? <laughs> you shouldn't have come here. <laughs> somebody was going to get scalped, you know, somebody was going to um, spin the six shooter with one bullet in it, you know, that kind of thing. Nope. Psych didn't happen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's do the synopsis. So Sid bought a mine. She buys stuff. She takes stabs out there in the world. Maybe I'll buy this mine. Maybe I'll invest in crypto. We'll see how this all pans out. (laughs) So the team is sent there by her to go extract Ipsium. It's a fuel of some kind, I assume. It's a highly volatile, combustible in its raw state kind of thing. Sounds a lot like coaxium to me. Yep. That's the vibe I got. Omega and Wrecker stay outside of the mine to sort of watch the ship as Tech and Hunter go in to check things out. They end up calling Omega in after a little bit. She goes in there. She ends up having to climb up and drill in to extract this bit of Ipsium that they found there. This reminds me of a story that I'll tell really quickly of my 
dad and my uncle, when they were little kids, there's this Cub Scout camp near us. And there's this great, awesome cave system. It's called Mud Cave, really creative. But there's a, you get to the very end and there's a part that you just can't get through unless you're like six years old, unless you're a tiny little, you know, 70 pound person. Yeah. So of course my uncle, who was the younger one, was always the little one. They made him do weird shit all the time. They're like, Jim, get in there. I "I don't know if I want to go. Jim, get in there. So they made him climb in the thing. Stick your hand in the hole. It's like the exact same thing. He goes in and he didn't come out for like a half hour and they were like, oh my God, holy shit, we're screwed. We're screwed. We're screwed. We lost little Jimmy. But, uh, he came back out. Didn't find any space fuel, but you know, probably some mud. So Omega goes in there. She extracts some of the stuff with this great prop that looks like a blaster, but it's, it's like one of those, it's like a dual drill thing. Like the one you see the infomercial fund yeah. for that you can flip, but one extracts and one's a drill. Mike, who do you have your money on in the uh, Star Wars builder community? That's going to be the first one to build that prop. Uh, I'm like, I'm thinking, oh man, I'm trying to think if Marco might model it pretty quick, but I could totally see my buddy Colin odd Viking just crushing that. That was my first guess. Yeah. Yeah. But then at the same time, also shout out to our friends in the dad batch. Ramey probably made it last night at 3 a.m. And <laughs> Joe Laura is probably going to have it at, I mean, they're all like, they're super heavy on season two already. Like Joe Laura, it's already got his tech almost ready. And Ramey's, you know, Ramey is echo of that group. Uh, so they'll, they'll probably have it by celebration. I don't even know why I'm considering them not, but there you go. Do you have to put uh, an orange sticker on the end of a drill bit at a con, uh, like a, a barrel? Mm. How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I'm just here. Well, it, if you're not union, maybe it's, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, they get the Ipsium, they head out. And just as they're about to leave, Omega's like, what's that sound? That sounds like our ship. They look over and one of the locals, just like they were warned, takes off with the ship. It's on record ultimately because he wasn't watching closely enough or they parked it too far away. They go back and forth. They're arguing about it. It had this weird vibe for a second, almost like in Ghostbusters 2 when they're covered in slime and they start to get <laughs> mad at each other and it starts to escalate until they fight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what's happening? Is it the Ipsium? Didn't happen. Anyway, so they're basically just very pragmatic soldier mindset. Like, okay, well, that sucks. Moving on. Got to get out of here. They head out to go find a settlement or something, find a ship, try to figure out how to get home because they don't even have comms. Their long-range comms are on the ship. They're kind of screwed. So they're walking through this canyon, and all of a sudden there's, again, another sound, and it's the stampede of these kind of antelope. They're not antelope. Like more, what's the uh, the kind of skinny African, uh, somewhere between like an antelope and a, a like cattle? A, like a gazelle? Yeah, but like the, the thicker ones. What are they called? Ibex? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That sounds right. Something like yeah. that. I thought it was a tie into the the sh- like the sheep from Andor with all the multi horns on it. Oh yeah, I was like, oh, is that what that is? But they were, it was the shot was so quick. Yeah, I'm gonna go through frame by frame and try to pull something out. Anyway, there's a stampede. They they make it through that. Long story short, only to be hit with a sandstorm immediately following, which becomes obvious as as the reason that the stampede was happening. They escape into another mine, but drop the Ipsium container in the process. The storm sends the container just bouncing and tumbling everywhere, and it explodes above the mineshaft entrance. Rocks come down. They're trapped in the cave. Wrecker and Hunter start to move the rocks. They're trying to clear it out. It's not going well, but they, you know, they keep at it. Omega starts talking. She's really upset about losing the Marauder. She says, it's not just a ship. She says, quote, the Marauders are home. We've already lost Echo. We can't lose that, too. We're supposed to be a squad. And Tex says... This squad existed before Echo was a part of it. 
and it will exist after. What is your issue? Not very sensitive. Not good with kids. She tosses like her comm or whatever she's on, like her little handheld thing. She just tosses it at him. It's uh, not a good interaction. Text like, I merely stated the truth. And Hunter coming now with like some actual dad skills that he learned last season from... Um, Cut LaQuain. From Cut LaQuain, yeah. He says she already knows the truth and that's why she's upset. So Tech goes to talk to her. Meanwhile, Omega has found some more Ipsium in the mine. She starts extracting it. She's kind of just doing her own thing, taking charge. Tech shows up, helps her. Basically, he's like, you know, I had the same idea. We get some of this, we blow our way out. Cool. So she's trying to get the last little bit of it. She's reaching, 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 like, because she's kind of on a cave wall. There's a big drop there. She's reaching. She falls straight like Indiana Jones style. Same thing, like into the, the mist. She's just gone. Tech jumps right in after her, which is awesome. Just jumps into the, the, the void. They get down there. He lands in a river, like an underground river. Sees Omega. They kind of get back together. They get washed away and then pulled down underwater into this like tunnel almost. It's sort of like a, it's like an underwater waterfall that splashes out into this big open cavern, which is further down in, in the mountain, I guess, right? But this cavern is full of Ipsium, like everywhere. You can see it glowing all over the place. They then also see a small crack where daylight's shining through. So they're seeing this as a way out. Hunter radios them. They tell Hunter they found a way out. Come down here. Get with us. We're going to go. In the meantime, Tech sits and has a talk with Omega, smooths everything over. We'll discuss this in depth shortly. Wrecker and Hunter arrive. They blow their way out. They see a spaceport in the distance. They start to head towards it. They get there, and it's abandoned. There's no food. There's no supplies. But there is a comm tower antenna array. So they connect to that. They contact Sid. They ask for help. She's being an ass bag. She's just not being yeah, cool at all. She's real weird all of a sudden. Yeah. Like not typical, cynical, grumpy Sid. More like, like you're saying, it's something, something weird, right? More like, leave me alone, guys. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like that sort of thing. Tech reminds her, hey, we saved you from this. We helped you get your, your bar back. We helped clear your debt. We just need help. And she's like, fine, I can be there in a few days. And Wrecker's like, okay, what do we do now? And Omega says, hearkening back to an earlier conversation, we'll figure it out like we always do. And the episode ends. Mm. Yeah. The, the episode ending there, I was like, oh, are we, are we doing an arc right now? Yeah. You know, it didn't seem like a adventure of the week ending per se. There was no, they were just kind of standing there and then the, the shot like just kind of pulled back. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I guess we're picking up next week right here. Yeah. There are these subtle cues like the one we just talked about with Sid's vibe and the way Omega kind of came full circle in this. She and Tech had kind of a breakthrough, which sets them up for the next episode in this arc. Right. So at the beginning, it really seemed like, okay, we're just here doing a thing. But it really kind of coalesced. It, it, it piled up to be something bigger. So even though it was a surprise that it ended that quickly to me, I wasn't bummed. It felt good. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that was very self-contained and nice, but it's teeing up something else. So I'm pumped for that. There were a couple little little moments, too, that I thought were interesting. Uh, we really got to see Hunter's, his genetic advancement. Is that what we call Enhancement, probably? His mm -hmm. genetic enhancement. Kind of on display here. They're sitting in the cave. He's with Wrecker, and he just, like, um, like looks up, and there was really no change to the atmosphere, and he's just like, something's wrong. You know? Like, I, I almost was like, there was a part of me that my mind just, like, jumped ahead, and I was like, oh, my gosh, is there, like, 
is there Kyber on this planet? Mm. Like, is he, is he like tapping in? But he recognizes that the stampede is coming. And like, so you're really kind of like seeing that Hunter again, isn't just like, you know, he's just this like confident leader. The dude has legit skills, right? As a tracker. Like kind of super senses in a way. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was really cool to see. And then I also love that real little quick thing where Wrecker's like, oh, how come you don't just lift up the crate? And Tech's like, okay, I will. And he just like, puts it on his shoulder and walks out. I was like, oh, I'm like, no, tech is kind of the G right now. You yeah. know? Uh, so I thought that was, I thought those were like just some real quick little things that I thought were important. All right. Let's get into this discussion about the conversation with tech and Omega. I want to talk about this a little deeper. I'll just play the clip here and then let's talk. So Omega says, everything is changing and you don't even care. I am not sure how I should care about change. It is a fundamental part of life. Echo left. Why doesn't that bother you? I am aware that you miss him, but we have to adapt and move on. That is what soldiers do. And that line right there, to me it felt like that's who he thinks he is still. And I guess technically in a way they still are. And she wants to be like them. She wants to be a soldier and be a bad batcher or whatever. But she's more, she has more emotional depth than them. And she's helping them bring it out. So I feel like this is a turning point from that's what soldiers do to, no, this is what we do. We are these kind of people, whatever you want to call this new version of them. You know what I mean? Do you guys get that vibe? He was just saying good soldiers follow orders and what they do is to yeah. complete the mission. My, my vibe that I got from that whole moment and that conversation, especially the I may process moments, that whole line, I feel like it's very Forrest Gump. Yeah. That's what I alluded to earlier. Like, I, I just feel like it's very, like, matter of fact and not taking... I mean, Forrest Gump was a little emotional, for sure, but, like, a there were some things dude. that tech... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that movie is emotional in, in general. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, that's what I... Right, no, no, right. I mean, the character, you know? There, there were points yeah. where he, he, oh, yeah, right, he right. cried, but the movie... Yeah, no, the movie, are you kidding me? It's one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. I cried no less than three times during Forrest Gump. No less. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just think it was very matter-of-fact about feelings, and I like that omega and tech learned from each other in in this episode like he learned to come down and to omega's level about having more emotions and then omega just simply saying like we'll figure it out we always do is kind of you know it's not necessarily like an analytical statement but it's more about figuring things out as they come which is obviously what tech does all the time so to continue here tech says that's what soldiers do and omega says we are more than that we're a family Aren't we? Well, I... Yes. Yes, of course we are. Yes, of course we are. Like, he, he takes a moment. There's a lot of pausing. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of like, introspection happening in these moments. And it's, mm-hmm. it's paced mm-hmm. for us to process it as viewers and to watch these characters process in the moment. Yeah. And Omega says, why don't you act like it? Long pause. Tech really has to kind of gather his thoughts. And this is where he drops the most important line, I think. He says, Echo chose a different path, as did Crosshair. I have to respect their decision. Even though it can be difficult to understand, we must carry on. I 
may process moments and thoughts differently, but it does not mean that I feel any less than you. And there's no response. There's just kind of like a, an acknowledgement from Omega. And then the scene carries on. But that, that last line, that I may process moments and thoughts differently, but it doesn't mean that I feel any less than you. That's exactly what I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had those kind of conversations with, with family, with my wife, with a lot of people over my lifetime, because in the moment, I don't know what to think or feel yet. My brain's just telling me, okay, get to the solution or to keep it together. It's fine. Whether it's like hearing bad news, like, or scary medical stuff. Like I, my brain doesn't go down the rabbit hole of what could happen that would go wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do we move forward and, and make everything cool? Yeah. How do I support the person that needs me right now? How do I keep my shit together and just accomplish the task at hand or whatever? Mm-hmm. So I really, really connected with that. Yeah. And tech is like the last character that I expected to get that from, yeah. for me. Yeah. I mean, that was the standout line for me also. I feel the same way. It's kind of this like keeping it cool in moments of despair kind of thing that I feel like maybe mm-hmm. you and I could... Uh, we share that similar trait, but it is really about processing the moment and also like being calm and cool to get through the moment. And tech has some of that. So I think the this this was a really big moment. I think for Star Wars, I I was thinking this probably like by episode three. I've had to kind of be in this world a little bit because Adam, you and I <clears throat> both clinically identified as attention deficit hyperactive disorder, mm-hmm. uh, which is now actually part of the autism spectrum. And what's really interesting about that is like the community has made a lot of really big strides in identifying these things, but not necessarily classifying them in a certain way. So there used to be a term called <clears throat> that was called Asperger's, and that was basically a form of high functioning autism that allowed for people to do incredible things. I a kid that went to my high school was able to memorize information just in almost like a digital way. It was incredible. Like Rain Man style. He, yeah, yeah. But it was, and, and I think like this is a really cool moment because you you see, and, and there are so many people on the spectrum that are part of everything that we do. And that, of course, what they're doing now is actually better. They're, they're changing the classifications of that. And so traditionally when we think of like autism, it's, you know, you're thinking of people who are, you know, what would be called, you know, nonverbal or anything like that. Uh, but then at the same time, that's kind of turning into, especially among pop culture, starting to become one of the adding, when you're talking about adding to a diverse cast, uh, we saw it very recently. Did you see a movie called The Accountant with Ben Affleck, where he was hired to launder money for this for this firm, and he's autistic, and so he's you know brilliant with numbers. But I think I think this was really cool that we're starting to see more inclusivity of people who are what is considered neurodivergent. So you'd have neurotypical, which are people who don't, um, who wouldn't be put on the spectrum. But then you also have uh, things like ADHD, hyperfixation, hyperfocus. Um, those are all things that fall under the spectrum now. And so Tech's calculations and his what is often re- referred to as like you know a person who's not very emotional but more calculated uh, traditionally has fallen into that category of like those are certain criteria. Uh, so it was really cool for him to acknowledge, and he didn't say it like with emotion, which is why I think it was like such a brilliant way that they didn't try to break his character of him being like, I'm processing everything. 
this is just what it looks like when I do it, right? Yeah. And and I think that's it's a it's a really big moment for Star Wars, especially because you know my wife is not on the spectrum, and uh, there are times where you think of like attention deficit, you know, ADHD, and thinking, oh, it's like you makes you really creative, and it makes us very creative, Adam. I'm looking at you because I know that you and I have had brain dumps before like that, um, but it's also really hard for our spouses. And it's also really hard for people, um, who, who can't really comprehend exactly what's going on in our brains because of our neurons are literally just firing at a rate or, or saying, I forgot to eat today because I'm so focused on this thing that I just literally couldn't look up from for seven hours yet in something I'm not interested in. It's hard for me to focus for 15 seconds, you know? Um, and so it's really cool. I think for star Wars to have this moment. And I've always kind of thought that when I got introduced to tech, I was like, man, there's something, there's something really cool about that. And for tech to, to have that, of course, they're not going to outright say it. I think that was probably something that the writers were like, we don't need to hit this on the head. But we certainly can, if, if you, if you know, you know. And exactly. so, um, yeah. this is really super cool. And I hope the, the neurodivergent community enjoys the shout out yeah. and, uh, and feels like he's properly, <laughs> properly representing, um, people who are among that community. And I think it's, I think it's fantastic because for him, look at what a crucial part he is to the operation constantly. And that's the point is that we would not exclude anybody because their skill set is sometimes exactly what you need. And there's nothing wrong with him in that regard. So I think it's I think it's a really it's a really beautiful character study for sure. There's not much that I could say that you haven't already said, except that Ben Affleck movie. Although I haven't seen it, what I do know is you white, then you Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> it is a different Adam. That is a different movie. I'll definitely okay, say okay, that. Okay, 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 okay. Um, but yeah, and Ben Affleck actually wasn't in that movie. But that's a very very good point. So uh, let's give a shout out to uh, Minotaur, Taste the Beast. What a movie. Yeah, pick it up at your local high school. It's got vitamins, so. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's do a little miniature Den of Antiquities. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad all over print button downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Thousand generations. It is the dark saber. Oh, gosh. It's a Kalikori. A Sith wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Enter the den of antiquities. Step lightly. Watch out for hidden caverns and underground rivers. Nick, what do we have? All right. The den is back in my living room. One week only. <laughs> <laughs> First on the list in the den, the entrances to the mines, the platforms are very similar to the entrances on Ilum from Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Mm, shout out Fallen Order. Shout out 
Jedi Survivor mm-hmm. coming up. The way that Omega was kind of mining the Ipsium could sort of be the way, a, a good explanation for how they get coaxium into the transport tubes in Solo. What do you think? Possible? That or how you put plutonium into a DeLorean <laughs> time machine. Yeah. Nice. Either nice. Way. Very nice. Yeah, I thought that, because I've always like, you know, like the coaxium when you saw it in Solo was like in this like, whatever that water was that suspended the actual little piece in there, you know, and you're kind of like, well, how yeah. do they, like, do they drop it in there? Do they suck it out? Do they refine, like what, I would love to see what coaxium, that process of how they get it. But I just thought like, it's got the blue glow to it. It's got the little tube mm-hmm. that you can like put into your, you know, satchel or whatever. I'm like, that was, I like that little throwback. And finally, the thief which we have much more to learn about, has a very Hondo Onaka-style outfit. Absolutely thought that. Even for half a second as I was watching this at 2 a.m. last night, I was like, I was like, is that Hondo? No, it's not Hondo. But it popped into my <laughs> mind. exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Who could that be? <laughs> and the thief uses an early version of the Electro-Binox we see in A New Hope. Good stuff. And that's it. Light one. Those are... That kit, that Binox kit is like... A pretty common one, right? If you want to build a pair of those in Star Wars in in the universe, that's like probably the most available, right, Mike? Yeah, that's one like that that specific one. We see it with like, you know, Luke's got the Luke's got the single one and then the um I or I I don't know. I have a we have a Star Wars podcast. Why am I not knowing this? Uh, <laughs> well there's the one the, he has on Tatooine and then the one he has on Hoth, right? Are those right different right. or the same? Uh, I th- oh, gosh, one of them has a single lens and one of them has a dual, one of them has dual lenses, but the sand troopers too, you know, like they pick it up and, right, right. and I think that prop was the same, but, um, yeah, so it's like, it had a very like similar style. It was in that kind of like real dusty light sand with the uh, buttons on the top of it. So it was a little bit like, it looked a little longer. The ones in the, in the movie are more stout, but, uh, I thought that was like a, that was a cool little thing rather than, uh, some kind of single, you know, we saw them in the Mandalorian. They had all different kinds of like you know, magnification devices, but I thought that was pretty cool. If you want to hear more about props like that, you could listen to my show, <laughs> Armor Party, which is all about building costumes in Star Wars, and I'm trying to get back into it. I've had too much freelance. Story of the Year has kept me too busy, man. I'm trying to podcast, Adam. Leave me alone. I'm sorry. I'll just quit. All right. All right. It's done. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes, favorite quotes, favorite moments. What do we have from the patrons? The patrons. I feel like we're all going to have this sort of same moment, but SoCal Bat 2, a.k.a. Ethan, said his favorite part was the conversation between Omega and Tech, and he references what we've gone over already. I process moments and thoughts differently, but that doesn't mean he feels things less. So that's a that's a common theme here. Uh, Maddie Gunner says, my favorite moment is when Omega and Tech are having that deep conversation and Wrecker comes falling out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. So we were in our fields for a second there and then he comes falling out of that like waterfall screaming. <laughs> uh, pretty good moment. The sky's the limit. Same thing. NATO Potato says their favorite moment is when Omega says that they're family, which is great because the guys need to hear that a little bit more. Wholesome. You need a reminder. Yeah. You need to take it in. You know, it seems like tech didn't even consider that. Yeah. He was like, um, oh yeah. If you think about it, it's not even remotely a stretch. It's not like she's just being a little emo tween. Like mm. they are literally family 
closer than any of us are to our families because they're, they're all clones, yeah. you know? So it's literal. Yeah, like they almost don't consider that they're clones. I mean, we hear that a lot in the Clone Wars, the Brotherhood and all that type of stuff. But I don't know that, did they bring that up a lot? I don't know. If I don't think I've ever heard any of them say brother. Yeah. Have you? I'm not, I'm not so sure. Hmm. Definitely not as much as a Clone Wars arc or episode or anything like that. I know Omega has referred to them as her brothers, but... Mm. It's an interesting point, though, because I think, you know, you, you have, like, uh, Pong Krell, which, of course, we can all collectively say as a group. That guy. <laughs> Pong Krell, there we go. Yeah. Everyone just said it simultaneously out loud together. Thank you. The Republic, in a lot of ways, certain people did not want them to have that relationship. They wanted them to be, like, reminder... We paid for you. If some of you get killed, we just are going to replace you. Do not get it twisted, right? <laughs> and so the unintended consequence of those guys all being, uh, you know, was that they developed these relationships. And so it's really interesting to have tech look at it from that standpoint of being like, we're soldiers in that crosshair mindset of thinking like, no, we wouldn't be considered family. Like we know that because he, he would look at it being like, sure, we're genetically connected, but that's why he didn't have, he didn't process Echo leaving the same way as like, it was something personal, like right. Omega thinking that, well, how, how could he leave? And Tech being like, he has a mission. He's going on and doing his own thing. Like, that's what, that's what we do, you know? Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting when you say it like that, Nick, that's, this is a good show, man. This show <laughs> is good. Hell of a show. So Nick, what was your favorite part? Favorite moment? I'm going with what everyone else is probably going to say i may process moments and thoughts differently but it does not mean that i feel any less than you mike how about you yeah i think that i think that one's obvious i think that one i i appreciate the spotlight being on tech in that we got to see him as making a calculated shot i mean wrecker even being like oh come on i'll get to shoot the thing and he's like because i you have to make it precise or else the cave's going to collapse on us and so like tech like locks his arm like he's almost like calculating where the, exactly the shot is going to go and where the explosion mm -hmm. is going to break them out. So I just kind of love that we're seeing Tech's skills not as being we, – we've seen this trope before. The cowboy always wants to shoot. The computer nerd is sitting there being like, the calculation's not complete yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. We, we've seen this trope so many times, but to see Tech and all his skill sets on display – and how beneficial and important they are to the Bad Batch is probably like my favorite piece of this whole last couple episodes with him as the highlight. But the quote, I mean, man, like it's an incredible quote. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the same boat where that conversation stands out. That's the clear winner. But I have a couple moments that that really jumped out to me. The first being the Western vibe and the music at the top. And I remember thinking, man, this show just keeps looking better and better. It's not like it's approaching photorealism more and more per se. It's just the depth. There's so much artistry yeah. and, and depth and texture and the way that they build out these environments. And I know the artists are having so much fun with it because it's also getting more stylized as they go. You know, there's certain things that look like straight up concept art, like painted backgrounds almost. And it fits and all works together really well. So that's beautiful. That with the music at the beginning, the Western vibes. Loved it. So right off the bat, I was into the world. And then there was one other line that really jumped out at me. It was small, but I mentioned this in the synopsis. When Tech says, I merely stated the truth, and Hunter says, she already knows the truth. That's why she's upset. That's like such 
a role reversal, like the, the cut LeQuain reference that we made, he's cut there explaining, he's like handing down what he's learned from cuts advice and then his experience and kind of being the leader, being the father figure. He's passing that down to the other brothers because he's now, he's not only the leader of the squad in a military sense, he's kind of like the emotional leader. So that one really jumped out to me and that's up there in my top few for the whole episode. That's a good one. All right. Mike needs to bounce. We all need to go. So we're going to wrap it up. If you want to follow this podcast on social media, we're at thank the maker pod on Instagram and TikTok. Things are blown up on TikTok right now. <laughs> I made this Rihanna video and it is like out of control. The algorithm's really doing it. I'm pretty stoked. You deserve it, man. It was, it was great and extremely oh, thank uh, you. timely. Some of my best work. I mean, Rihanna <laughs> did all the real work, honestly. And Shivi. And Shivi, baby. Uh, Shivi, baby. Riri. Empress Riri. I am feeling very pregnant. <laughs> If you want to support this podcast directly, patreon.com slash thinkthemakerpod is where you can go to do that. You can get Discord access. You can listen and watch us record live, just like the Jedi Council Tier patrons are doing right here. We have some exclusive content. It's good stuff, and it's what makes the podcast happen. It is the financial fuel for this part-time job, which is actually my full-time job. Um, I'm at Adam the Skull. Nick is at Nick Bayside. Mike is at Hondo Supply. And then we also have Armor Party and Princess and Scoundrel podcasts on the network. We tag them in every post we ever make. So go find them there. You'll find links to where you can listen and watch. And lastly, Mosh Eisley tickets are still on sale. They're selling fast, but there are still some available. We have merch packages. We have um, some other bundles. That's July 21st in San Diego, the weekend of San Diego Comic-Con. It's going to be the best party you've ever been to. It's the best party in the galaxy. Star Wars themed emo night. I mean, that's it. That's all you have to say. It's great. We love it. Listeners, thanks for being with us. Patrons, thanks for being patrons. Dudes, I love you. I love you. And I also know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and until next week, may the force be with you. 